Blunkmeister. Hello there. Ready for Carl fucking Sanders? Yeah, sure. That's his. That's his. Bring that's it his on. Name Carl fucking Sanders. <laughs> that's his real name. That's his. What he's using for his handle. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> nice. So I think I have to. I think we all have to call him that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll just be calling him this. Mr. Sanders. Mr. Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, I mm-hmm. hear you. Yeah, I hear you. I am too. Yeah. I mean, I, a little, little nerve wracking. Like the biggest uh, interview we've done. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is, we're not big enough for this. I He's know. too big. He's too big for this show. Yeah. What do we have? Like eleven episodes, and you know. Yeah. I don't think I'm worthy. I'm not worthy of this. Here I here I am. Oh, there, there you, you go. go. <laughs> All right. All right, man. It's gonna be good. Yeah, we were just saying how nervous we are to be uh, talking with Carl. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we saw them uh, open for mm-hmm. King Diamond, yeah. and we got to well, we got to meet him at uh, Peabody's also. Right, right. They were and he was really like, cool. So there he is. Hey, <laughs> Carl hey, fucking guys. Sanders. Hey, KFS. Hey, oh, how's it going, guys? <laughs> good. All hey. right, how you doing, Carl? Good. Uh, pretty good. Uh, do you guys see me? I am. Hey, oh, there, there you are. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We uh we are so glad to finally get a chance to see you and talk with you, Carl. Thank you for coming on our show, man. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, who is everybody? Uh, I'm Mark. I'm the one who's been talking with you, Mark Justice. I've been the one reaching okay. out to you. All right. Very good. I'm the other Hello. Mark. <laughs> oh, go, other ahead, Mark. Joe. go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I'm Joe. Uh, chop top in the show, so that's my name. <laughs> All right, I know. So Joe, Mark, and other Mark, got it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be uh, Montag, Joe's chop top, and the other Mark is the Slunkmeister. No, and I'm wor- I'm working on that name. So no, I gotta yeah, yeah, man. that needs a little uh, more work. That does work. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll do our introduction, and the Slunkmeister loves our introduction. Uh, it's so cheesy. Be ready. <laughs> that's right. That's be right. Ready for <laughs> cheesier than my name i am montag master of illusion what goes <laughs> up must come down but not always hey i'm chop top keep it heavy <laughs> and slugmeister uh, mac metal i don't know something oh, work in progress yeah <laughs> and you are listening to heavy metal, metal. Oh, kids. Oh, kiddies, tonight (laughs) we've got a good show. We've got a shockingly good show. We're all pretty darn excited because our special guest is none other than Carl fucking Sanders. That's right. In fact, when you first told us, Mark, that he was coming on the show, mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what the, the name you gave him. That's like, right. Guess, guess who's coming to the show? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> so. I typed up in our in our group, like, guess who? Carl fucking Sanders is going to be on our show. So, you know, had to go lay down for a while and cry. <laughs> but, uh, now, get some background uh, for the people who know you. They don't need to know this, but for anyone else who doesn't know. Carl's the founder, singer, lyric writer for the band Nile. Fucking Nile. 
Uh, <laughs> one of the most brutal, aggressively fast death metal bands you will ever see. Formed in 1993 out of Greenville, South Carolina. Their lyrics and music are inspired by you know Egyptian mythology and history, folklore, religion, and maybe some Lovecraft in there. I mean, it is just awesome. Top Top and I have seen you several shows, and we've talked to, when you came to Cleveland, we've we've actually talked briefly as you were walking around. I just was so surprised to just uh, <laughs> see you, and I'm just really nervous and prattling. So I guess we'll stop and let you say something, Carl, and just <laughs> let you take over for a little bit before we well, get into You were doing so well. I, I hate to interrupt. You were, you were on a fucking roll, man. So. <laughs> Glad uh, to be here, guys. Uh, you Glad to have you. Fucking cool guys, and this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So good, good. Well, we're excited to have you, and and uh, I'm sure we'll cool down and relax as things go. But uh, we're all a little, we're all nervous. Our sweaty little palms, like it'll be all right. Right. boys are coming out. So yeah, Mike's <laughs> <laughs> got an extra couple of socks laying around. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess to start off just with a few questions before we get into the meat of what we're doing you know a basic question is like when did you first get into music carl like like the first first thing about music that grabbed you that you can remember well i started playing guitar when i was nine so that's so long ago that i'm sure you know something compelled me to pick up a guitar at age nine um uh, i can't remember what the fuck it was that was a lot of years ago um uh but it's just something that i've always done you know yeah do you remember like the first band you were really into at that time like were you like following along to other music or genres or what at age nine were you thinking in your head i want to form extreme death metal you know <laughs> well uh that would have been, let's see, I was born in 63, so age nine. That would have been 1972. There was no death metal right. in 1972. I mean, we had Led Zeppelin. We had Black Sabbath, uh, you know, Cream, you know, Grand Funk Railroad, I think, was right around that era. So, you know, that's that's pretty much all we had. Was the heavier stuff? It's what you really got into initially. You uh, from the get go. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, my first guitar class was at my school. Wow, um, it was an elective. You could take guitar. Well, um, they taught folk music. Nice. So there were a bunch of us sitting around strumming Bob Dylan songs, right? But it wasn't quite of the temperament to actually strum along. I, I I was banging on it from the get go, and it sounded horrible and it was terrible. But like Greg <laughs> Brady, never yeah. laughed before. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, Chop Top, do you have a question for Carl before we get into our oh, desert I island do. band? I do, Carl. Um, one of my questions is, I think it's so interesting. What makes she sets Nile apart from other death metal bands is. Uh, the interesting, you know, guitar work, the e Egyptian-inspired, the phraseology you use also within your riffs and stuff. Is that something, has that always been an interest of yours, ancient Egyptian history and mythology and stuff? Or is that a, a part of your faith? Or is that something that, 
I mean, could you expand a little bit more on that? It's there's some people, you know, we believe in things like that, but it's it's so cool, it's so interesting. Uh, for instance, your last release in 2019, Vile Melodic Rights, is absolutely fantastic. Yes. Um, and I, I really love the booklet and all the all the work that you put into with the lyrics and some of the history that you put into that. But is that something that you've always been interested in all along, or how did that come about for you? Well, it was a casual interest. Um, like as a kid, I remember watching movies with my dad. He was a fan of like big epic movies, Ben Hur. Ten Commandments, Land of the Pharaohs, uh, and a whole pile of other ones. A bunch of at that time, uh, you know, in the late sixties, they called them swords and sandals. You know, like epics, right? Sort of, yeah. uh, Steve Reeves. I don't know if you ever, I just never heard of Steve Reeves. He played yeah. Hercules yeah. in a bunch of movies. Um, anyway, that's that's what I I saw at an early age. Uh, so. You know, it was just always something that was like, okay, yeah, ancient history. You know, people killing each other with swords and spears. It seems fun. It's appropriate death metal <laughs> material. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. Yeah, Marth already took Vikings, so you were that's you were left with Egyptian <laughs> motifs. <so. laughs> yeah. You you work with what you got, you right. know. Uh, <laughs> That's that's what was laying around. So it was, it was always kind of an interest. So you know, later on when Peter Moore and I were getting Nile going, in fact, it wasn't even called Nile at first. Um, but it was like, well, what do we what do we want to write songs about? Well, we're kind of in interested in this ancient Egyptian stuff. So work with that. Hell yeah, it works. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, don't worry, kids. We're going to come back around for more more questions for Carl. Fucking Sanders. But tonight's theme, we are going to do a top five desert island bands or artists. Bands, bands that, uh, you know, for Trapped, we have to survive. This, These are the bands that are going to keep us going. So tonight, Glunkmeister, I'm going to give you the first toss. Oh, I'm going you know, to eh? work our way up or should we work our way down one to five? Does it matter? I mean, they're all the top five. Yeah. Any particular order? I don't know. No, I, I just let's, let's just throw it out there. Right. Throw it out there. Okay, Slunkmeister, you go first. Okay. So Desert Island for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, criteria. They have to have a large discography. You know, something's going to last a while. Some mm -hmm. diversity musically helps. So uh, are you saying top five bands or top five albums? Bands. We're going with whole like, bands. Going yeah, yeah whole like band. whole band. Wow. So, so top five box sets. That's what we're putting in our backpack <laughs> right. to go to the island. Exactly. <laughs> we can only get five bands. And like, well, we gotta, we gotta choose five. Gotta let okay. some of our children grow. Yeah. We gotta. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. I'm gonna go with. Uh, yeah, let's see. Something, Montag, you're probably gonna have on your list. And uh, our very first show, we got to go with some Maiden. Yeah. We got to have Maiden in there. For me, this is uh, the most nostalgic. This nostalgia, they press all the nostalgia buttons for me. Maiden, this was the band that, you know, I cut my teeth on uh, musically with metal. Uh, I remember uh, Montag, you actually introduced me to Maiden back in the day. I was kind of into the hair metal stuff. I was right. a little scared of heavy metal, you know? Yeah. Back, back then, it was this all that was all satanic and, right. you know, there was. Uh, 
and I was a little scared to get into it. You know, that was the 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 satanic panic of the day. Had right. a little, a little big shy, 80s. gun shy. <laughs> but yeah, you got me into Maiden and started. You started talking about the lyrics and the uh, the subject matter and all this mythology and history and things, and that really hooked me. And uh, yeah, this was like the uh, uh, Live After Death era. You know, mm-hmm. the power slave era of Maiden, and I'm you know, oh, yeah. checking out these awesome songs. And like, I would just skip past the music and just listen to the lyrics, you know, and that's what really <laughs> got me going. And then slowly the music started to grow on me. And uh, so, yeah, this this was this was the foundation of, of uh, all my love for, for metal music right here. So I uh, got to bring Maiden along. Got to bring Maiden mm-hmm. on the island. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chop Top, uh, your thoughts on Maiden? Um. The same, actually, it's one of my choices. I probably would have had it absolutely number one. Number <laughs> one, have some overlap up. here. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, for all the exact same reasons. And that, uh, you know, and when we did that review in their whole discography show, it was quite a, quite a task. But uh, we had a lot of overlap in that, and we're such big fans, huge fans of Maiden. We've seen them so many yeah. multiple times, and they never, it never grows old. And yeah, I could, yeah. if I had one band on Island, she's made. I mean, I just mean, but I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan. It's probably my favorite band right there. So, yeah. a little biased. Carl, um, thoughts on Maiden uh, before we have you ask, you know, your, your dude. Your uh, you know, it, we would, we should like be burned at the stake if we didn't bring Iron Maiden. Agreed. So, uh-huh. um, my first island. introduction was uh, the Killers album. It was in high school. Um, and he came out, and there was like just a very small group of us metalheads uh, in my high school. And oh man, it was like blowing the doors off. Um, and then, of course, we followed, you know, as their career progressed, right? And then we got uh, Number of the Beast. And then uh, Peace of Mind came next. And Peace of Mind is like a fucking Bible. Dude, mm-hmm. come on. Yep. How do we not mm-hmm. take Maiden? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first Maiden album. The first album I had, I, had, I had heard of them. I didn't know much about them. And I heard that I got Peace of Mind. And that opening drum intro mm-hmm. for Where Eagles There. I'm like, oh, yeah, being a drummer, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, oh. And then hearing these kinds of chord progressions and that heavy, that galloping riffs, you know, like in Flight of Icarus and the Troopers. fucking metal, dude. Yeah, it, it is. is. So, fucking metal. you know, my balls grew three times the size. They'd like to grunt his heart, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, this is, this is it. This is the music, you know. Unfortunately, that's and... all that grew. So, but uh, <laughs> we, we got something out of it. Got something out of it. You know, yeah, got a great fan. Take what you can you get. Know? That's right. And, uh, you know, that, that, drove me through my teenage years and we've been fans ever since seen them probably half a dozen times and you know their their live shows are spectacular um they just have so much energy and presence on stage they're one of the few bands i think that sound better live than on their recordings it's like they're just there's just sure. too much energy energy to to kind of capture into a record at times um peace of mind i think being an exception i mean that album just rips i mean it fucking rips and being a huge Dune fan that I was, I'm like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right, about Dune and and like where Eagles there, like the you know, the Alistair McLean. I'm like Jesus, these guys write about everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the literature stuff was just awesome. So, uh, so other than peace of mind, Carl, is like 
other maiden albums that stand out to you like like as like these are seminal killers so, killers know, just because of when it came uh during you know some very formative years right just the whole paradigm of okay this is fucking metal right this mm -hmm. is like metal that's distilled into like a form that's very recognizable very stylized this is metal. That's what, yeah. that's what Killer's album was to me. And since I was, you know, just a young guitar player in high school, um, it was profoundly influential. Mm -hmm. Nice. Fantastic. I'll turn it back to you, Carl, for one of your top five, Desert Island X. I mean, we've talked about Maiden, but do you have one that you'd like to, uh, to offer in for us? Well, you know, if it's, if it's a desert island, you cannot not bring black sabbath mm. how do you not bring black sabbath <laughs> right right i'm an old doom metal band man yeah yeah We're but it's it's too. also heavy metal too dude sure. uh right on the stabbing eighth notes and paranoid dude how many metal songs have descended from that riff alone yeah right we Absolutely. couldn't even right. begin to count yeah they're like like maiden and those other brands and the new wave of british heavy metal that influenced artists pat post 80s sabbath has influenced everyone since the fucking 1970 you know yeah, on, it's, you know? it's like you know not giving credit to your grandfather for starting your entire family <laughs> right right on. thank you ozzy <laughs> thank you, thank you, Geezer. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, right. That sludgy tone. The the the. Whoa! Rhythm. It's Father's Day. Oh my God! There it's Father's are. Day. Well, like, totally. You. If they're grandfathers, then this is Father's Day. Boom! I claim whatever prize <laughs> for connecting that. Black Sabbath. Happy Grandfather's Day. Father's Day. <laughs> created all metal for us. Creators of metal. That's right. Absolutely. We'll, we'll send you a card. Thank you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean those those first four albums are just masterpieces of Black Sabbath. I mean, there's so many good songs, and and that yeah. that they were on my list as well of these desert islands mm. uh, bands must haves. You know, Sweet Leaf and Fairies Wear Boots and uh, Symptom of the Universe. I mean, and just War Pigs. You know, War Pigs. In right on. Life. And just the Black Sabbath, those doom, those three notes, man, the three mm -hmm. notes that you're not supposed to play, uh, just sets that tone. Like Jesus, fuck, this is heavy, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, and then you got the reinvigoration with Dio, the the Dio mm -hmm. with the ears. Okay. I mean, the Mob Rules. You tell me, they they two five more songs that are heavier than Mob Rules. I don't think you're gonna find them. I mean, that's just a fucking ripper. Funkmeister, tell us about some Black Sabbath. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, while they, uh, you, you know, I may get ridiculed, but they are not on my list. It, personally, uh, you, you, you can't deny their, their influence, how important they are. to Heresy. Everything. Heresy. <laughs> You're gone, Stokemeister. You're gone. That's it. Oh, that's show. I knew yeah. this was going to happen. <laughs> if, as long as Michael Jackson hasn't made this list, we'll be okay. <laughs> you know. Not on yeah. this list. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Job top. 
your thoughts on uh, Black I, Sabbath? Black Sabbath, it's also another Desert Island band for me as well. Without Sabbath, yeah. metal would never been existed, period, point mm-hmm. blank. And uh, I love all versions of Sabbath, every era, uh, including the Tony Martin one. Um, mm-hmm. and Glenn Hughes and Ian Gillen. Born Again's a fantastic yeah, Born album. Born Again's a great <laughs> album. Yeah, it is. Love it, I mean, man. That yeah. track is a killer. Underrated, I, man. Yeah, I never would have thought, hearing his voice with those Tony Iommi's guitar and that Sabbath sound, I never would have pictured them together. But when you hear it, it's like, gee, oh my God, it fucking works. You know? Oh my God, it's gloriously evil. Yeah, and the album yeah. cover. Come on. Yeah. Come Some on, man. Evil the cover. One of the like best album covers ever. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I want a toy of that. I want that little fucking demon baby. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's what I want. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, you know, well, three of us have Black Sabbath except one. Yeah. <laughs> Not feeling uh, adequate now. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you're sinking no. on the list here, yeah. slunk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, I think we've all we we said every there's there's not enough praise you can give to Sabbath, in my opinion. So wonderful. Can't deny yeah. that. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, let's do uh, some more questions. Uh, Slunkmaster, you're you're bound to have a few questions for Carl. Um, actually, the yeah, the whole Egyptian theme. He kind of touched on it earlier, so that was kind of where I was heading. But you, uh, yeah, you kind of answered that. It was just uh, that whole th- the Egyptian mythology and history and stuff is I've always found fascinating as well. So yeah, I've got a King Tut, a replica of King Tut's dagger right here on my wall next to me. Uh, nice. But, uh, while I'm not uh, um, the level of heavy deafness to your music isn't isn't really in my wheelhouse i i totally i love the theme <laughs> that you guys go with it's it's amazing so yeah maybe if you could uh, touch a little bit more on that on the whole i mean you have to love love that whole uh culture and mythology to you know quite an extent to make a whole career of it i guess musically well you know it's uh it's a pretty deep wellspring from which to draw from i mean uh, thousands of years of Egyptian history. Um, so it's not like I'm going to run out of song material anytime soon. Like, it would take several of me, several lifetimes, to exhaust all the possibilities. So, you know, cool. it's like awesome. having a lot of bullets for your MG42, right? You need like the big belt, you know, a thousand rounds, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, lots of ammo for the MG42. Now, Carl, with uh, your last release, uh, you know, Violent Melodic Rights, there seems because there was an, you know, a new member was added, obviously, and there seems to be a reinvigoration. Uh, it was re- <laughs> the band seems re-energized with that release. It's just so powerful, so captivating. And just burns right from the beginning to the end. So, uh, could you comment a little bit on that? Do you do you feel the same way when when that came together in the recording of that, and after the release, you felt like there was this new energy to Nile? Well, we could feel it as we were working on the record. Um, it's it's undeniable. You put it on, you can fucking hear it. Um, right which to me is like you know, if we were to examine, you know, wait a minute, how do you hear that? Right? What exactly is it that makes that a hearable, tangible thing? You know, I don't know. Like, you know, what's the the alchemic, you know, thing that makes that hearable 
you know, on, on a personal level. You know, it's, I, I don't know, but metal fans hear that shit. You put music on, and unless it's like, you know, pro tooled to death, right? If right. you can still hear the humanity in it, people will get out of it whatever's in there. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually happy about it. It was very reflective of the mood of the band at the time. We had new guys. We're on fire. We want to make some motherfucking metal. We will not be denied. Yeah, absolutely, brother. That, no, it, it's a wonderful release. And I just, yeah. like I said, I just think that it sounded re-energized, recharged Nile, you know, and uh, everybody top-notch performance on there. I mean, you got one of the most monster. I know Montag really appreciated most of the monster drummers in the world and George Goliath. It's just, just amazing. <laughs> so uh, his individual videos alone just are, wow, amazing. But yeah, yeah we that, love that's that guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I, but no, it's it just such a brilliant release, and it just had a different from maybe a few previous releases. It was just like they were great releases, as I like your whole catalog. But when this one came about, I'm like, wow, this is this is. You're right; these guys are on fire again, and uh, yeah, making motherfucking music. So <laughs> I'm right with you, brother. Right on. So right on. Yeah, yeah it was, it's a great release, and and I, I mean, every album comes out you're like, oh my god. You know, it's just it's it's just getting like hit and bludgeoned, you know, in the best way possible. And this one comes out and it's like, oh, I, I noticed that too, Chop Top. The first time I listened to it, I'm like, oh my, God, something is different. Something, something was bigger and and mm -hmm. more energetic and just yeah, the energy powerful. there. Yeah, just yeah. a great great album. You know, I wanted to ask a question just about in general because, you know, the speed of so many of your songs is beyond fast. How do you kind of even time with that because it's a blur i mean the the you know some of the songs you know, like uh sacrifice into sebec and other ones are a little slower you get that kind of a definitely a well at least there are parts that i can hear this distinct rhythm and melody and otherwise it is like sometimes it's just like a blur not just with with the drumming but just everything and i'm thinking how the fuck do you, do you keep in time with it how the fuck do you know where you're at and it was like you know no one's going sing that now sing that now you know so, you uh, know, you're saying something that's, that's very real. Um, and the biggest challenge to playing Nile songs and you know, getting up on stage and delivering them is being able to hear George because the cues and the timing, you know, all originate there. So <laughs> if we're on a big stage and we're 25 feet apart, Right, and your monitors are way spread apart. It's really hard to play super fast death metal. Actually, playing on a tiny ass little stage where all the band is all standing like really close to each other, right? You can play much more accurately because you're, you know, you're, you don't even have to look at the other guys, but just because they make a sound and it's right there and you hear it immediately, and so you can follow it. Um, some of the best shows that we play are on tiny-ass little fucking dives, holes in the wall, with a little stage where there's barely room, and we have to stand close to each other. And those are the tightest shows. It's kind of funny, you know, It's because, of course, it's much more fun in some ways to play a big stage on a, you know, Big audience, you know, thousand people. Oh boy, that's great. 
but it's oh, yeah. tough, man. To play high speed death metal, you got to be able to hear what your drummer's doing. If not, it's good luck. Yeah, because it's it's so intricate and his patterns, they're not just repeating because he's such a fast <laughs> blur and there's so many intricate time changes in, in a, mo- a lot of songs. And mm-hmm. that, that, you know, to the casual listener, it just becomes this blur. But, you know, I'm listening. I'm like, oh, that's a time change. Oh, shit, that's a time change. Slow down fast, you know. And, and that's, that, that I just, I'm, thank you for explaining that. Because when when we've cool. seen you, Chop Top and I saw you, the first time was at Cleveland at the House of Blues uh, opening for King Diamond. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that show. Yeah, that was, and I, I had, at that time, uh, had not heard much from the band. And then when I heard, or just it was behind you hadn't come on yet but i heard this double bass machine gun blast and i started laughing mm-hmm. thinking there's no way a human could play that fast and then you came out oh. and you just killed it i'm like oh my <laughs> god they are playing that fast <laughs> oh, my god, you know yeah and, and yeah. Then, yeah and then the next time was at the peabody's in cleveland okay. when a band thonic and there were a couple of the bands open for you yeah i remember yeah. that tour too that was an off day on the Ozfest tour that would have been 07 um Cathonic was playing all the off-day shows with us. Yeah, they were um, a really yep. interesting band. Yeah, um, but that was the show. That was really the show nice people talked. too. Yeah. Oh, cool. But it was it was the, mm-hmm. one of those venues where you know we're like five feet away, and that's what I love about those venues is we're seeing bands we could almost like you know touch them or you're so close. I kind of got jaded, yeah. and I don't want to go to the big stadiums anymore <laughs> because I can get up close and just see everything what's going on. You know, you see. I think that's everywhere. the essence of this style of music is that immediacy. Like, you're right there, right? And that's when all the craziness, because you're right there, right? And you see it, you know, you can relate to it because it's right here, right? If you were 500 feet away, you wouldn't be right there with the band. And there's like this right. energy from being right there with the people so close you can fucking touch them yeah yeah Dude, that's like there is no drug made that comes close to that feeling of being right there with metal fans face to face doing the thing that you love yeah fuck yeah that's I actually great. prefer smaller venue shows than the, the larger arenas and stuff just because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Just because you got that, uh, there's that kinship between band and fan. And great you word. Just, and you just, uh, and it's so wonderful. Like, uh, you were so gracious. No, you just, you're just having a beer or whatever, chilling out by the bar at Peabody's. And me and Montag went and walked up and talked to you. You were so cool and gracious and took the time. <laughs> and and uh, really appreciate that because, as we know, not all musicians are like that. So uh, we get those moments, and it's it's just it's wonderful, and it just shows yeah. how much you care about the fans, and uh, we really appreciate it. Well, thanks, guys. I, I really love fans. Most fans, like ninety nine out of a hundred fans, are, are wonderful. <laughs> but you just need a couple of. Fuckers, and too much to drink, and forget how to behave like a, a person, and they can really make your life miserable. We call them punishers, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that's great. I love that. Ah, oh, 
Well, whose turn is it for their next band? Go. Is it Funkmeister? Okay. Don't don't make me go first every round. Top top. You want to go? Uh, with let let, let Sean go. go this round. Or Carl, do you want to go with the band? Do you want to go? Well, he went. No, no, no. It's his turn. It's his <laughs> turn. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to go with Judas Priest, another seminal okay. band that I just think you cannot be without. Huge discography, everything from the '70s up to what they're currently doing is just wonderful. Like I said, we'll we'll, we'll forgive them for Turbo, um, as I said before <laughs> another show. But uh, no, I mean, how can you beat out uh, Rob Halford? You know, the metal god on vocals. How can you beat? I mean, I look at some of their 70s stuff and I go back to listen to that sometimes more than to current, especially like, my God, stained class is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hellbent for leather, fantastic. So, um, yeah, and of course, uh, Sad Wings of Destiny. Yeah. I mean, Dream, Dreamer Deceiver is just, wow, epic. So, yeah, I think you got to have, you got to have the priest up there. You, you got to pay respect. You got to have him on the island with you. Funkmeister, thoughts on Priest? Yeah, while well, while Priest did not make my list personally. <laughs> oh, yeah. strike uh, two! Uh, strike two! Uh, I mean, oh, okay. Feels like interviews over. I'm done. Hey, <laughs> I don't know. How do you narrow it down to five? Somebody, <laughs> it is exactly somebody deserving is going to not make the list. But uh, exactly. yeah, That's I love it. Judas Priest, man. I love those right. guys. Right. Started listening to them like Screaming for Vengeance era, maybe mm-hmm. back. You know, yeah. Even the uh, yeah, Rob Halford is a legend. Uh, Ripper is no slouch. You know, what an amazing mm-hmm. vocalist. Uh, filled in very well. So, yeah, I absolutely love Judas Priest. Great discography. All kinds of really uh, a cool journey that band took and some mm-hmm. different directions they took. I appreciate that in bands, you know, that aren't afraid to to change things up and just kind of kind of follow their their thing and what what they what they feel at the time. And I think that's it's better that way. I think that you they make better music if you're you know making what you want. So, uh, yeah, love Judas Priest. I mean, it's not, yeah. I can't say anything bad about those guys. Yeah, that first two albums, well, with Ripper, those the two albums he did, um, are just amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and his live stuff was Jugulator. Incredible. I mean, my God, Jugulator. It's like right up there with Painkiller, you know? I mean, those are all just fantastic albums. Angel of Retribution, you know. His screams are inhuman, yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Inhuman. Carl fucking Sanders, what do you want to say about Judas fucking Priest? <laughs> Dude. Uh, you know, so many albums that are deeply ingrained with songs that have stood the test of time and have personal relationships with metal fans in every corner of this planet. They're practically anthems. Uh Dude, anthems. So... Yeah, dude, they've been carrying the flag of metal for so long. 50 years. You cannot kick them off the island. <laughs> dude, they probably were on the island before we got there anyway. So we would need to probably ask permission. Appease them to be. Appease them. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Well, Carl, your next band. Uh, on the island. My next band? Well, yeah. I've been wrestling with this one. Um, so what if if we're talking about it's a band and we're bringing their box set, what I'd like to do is bring a box set and it's half the 
Metallica catalog and half the Splinter catalog. Okay. Cool. I already like, know what happened here. Huh? Yeah, the first couple of Metallica albums, the first couple of Slayer albums, let's put those into a box set and take that and we'll call it Metallica Slayer. All right. <laughs> nice. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. And Slayer for all. Nothing wrong with that. Yes. <laughs> what was your first Slayer song that you remember hearing? I'll never forget it. David Vincent played me Hello Waits. And I went, and my like jaw hit the floor. I was yeah, right on. From that moment on, my life changed. Uh, my bandmates at the time were horrified. They were like, Carl, you're hanging out with that David Vincent guy again because we can tell. You come back and you've got all these metal ideas, you're writing all these fucking riffs we can't play. Um, dude. Well, they became Slayer haters after that. <laughs> oh, Bunch of yeah. Slayers. Yeah. Hey, you're raising the bar, you know? That's nothing wrong with that. Right. I mean, yeah, the first That's the way I, I saw it. You know, not all my friends saw it that way, but, you know, <laughs> their loss. Was when Z Rock came to Cleveland in the eighties, because I had never heard of Slayer before. Because we were just listening to, you know, MMS didn't play it, and G ninety eight didn't play it, you know, <laughs> and I was not listening to that heavy, you know, speed metal at the time. And then I heard Angel of Death. Yeah. And I sat. I was in my car. I was coming home. I was pulling in my driveway, and I was getting ready to turn my car off. And the Angel of Death comes on. And I heard that scream. And I sat in my car. I'm like, I've got to fucking hear this, you know? And I was like, who is this band? It's Slayer. Oh, my God. i got to hear them. And that, that was it. That's all it took, man. You know, one song. Yeah, and that breakdown in the middle of that song, just mm -hmm. if you don't tear something up when you listen to that, you know, you're not listening. Just, right. <laughs> yeah. just want to destroy. Yeah. yeah, you do want to destroy when you hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, talk it's about evil weird. riffs, you know. Sabbath with their evil riffs, and then yeah, Slayer has—I don't know—their guitar tones are so damn evil, dark, dark stuff. All right, I'm gonna go with my next desert island band. Uh, maybe my favorite band of all time, or at least it's competing. I mean, there's, again, we're down to five, but Rush. I'm gonna have to go with Rush. Uh, I uh, I kind of taught self-taught playing drums um and i listened to moving pictures over and over and over again until i could play just about everything except for the beginning of yyz that little snare drum break and it's like uh, I, I can't get that but i had everything down tom sawyer and red barchetta you know i i had those down pat and nice. uh you know and Peart's lyrics are, are their poetry um, you know, town of Lamneth and the garden from Clockwork Angels can just make me weep. There's that sense. I mean, they only have the fantasy and the science fiction and this existential philosophy, poignant personal commentary, but there's also this mix of like the fragility of life and time. And there's a sense of bittersweetness to some of these songs that I think add a richness and depth to these lyrics. And, uh, you know, um, and it's just the soundtrack of, of my life, uh, you know, really. So. For me, I could listen to Rush anytime. And it's it's been a long time that I've, I just, in this last week, allowed myself to start listening to Rush. Because after Neil Peart passed, I, I mean, I just sobbed. I just couldn't, I just couldn't listen to him, you know? And I've been kind of easing myself back in, listening to albums like Grace Under Pressure and, and these albums that I, I wouldn't normally put up in the, the higher <laughs> tiers. But 
it's like my getting back into Rush and saying, it's okay. I still have a broken heart, but I'm going to listen to Rush and celebrate instead of sob, you know? So there's mm-hmm. my, there's my desert Island. Next one, Rush. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, any uh, thoughts on Rush? Yeah. I'll, any... uh, yeah. Rush is on my list as well. You know, you're not going to get much more bang for your buck. But Rush discography, you know, you got 40 years of music and a, Again, another band that just followed their own uh, journey, you know, musically throughout their life. Uh, just amazing. Yeah, everything you said. Uh, they put their heart and soul into everything they did all throughout. And for for three guys to stick together like that through a through a forty year career is yeah. unheard of. Mm-hmm. You know, That's, even though Neil's the new guy, as Getty Leo says. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for me, you got to have some Russian there. I love uh, just for. I, I'm more, you know. Prog, prog stuff for me. I like progressive. I like the diversity in the music, and you know, Rush. You're, there's something for every, any mood you're going to be in, um, mm-hmm. other than maybe if you want to tear shit up. So, <laughs> yeah, get much of that from, but there's yeah, other pro, there's other progressive bands that'll cover we'll cover that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yep, Rush. Chop top. You had nod your head is on your list as well. They're actually not on my list. So now you guys get to scold me, but get the uh, fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh everything you guys say about them uh i've been a fan ever since uh gosh i think i heard uh grace under pressure was my first introduction to rush when i was real young and uh then i of course went backwards and the older stuff moving pictures the classic 2112 can't be beaten yeah i got a, i got a lot of their stuff um and and like slunkmeister says any given day and there's there's something for everybody i think in there uh, a lot of variety and the talent is just words can't express enough between it. I mean, probably one of the most talented, if not the most talented rock or progressive rock trio ever in history. Arla, well, uh, what are your thoughts on Rush? I mean, are, are, uh, you, I know, you're you know, I, I have to agree that, uh, wow. Um, even to this day, uh, our bassist, Brad Paris, uh, he's covered in Rush tattoos. Um, and that was one of the first things I loved about this guy was he knew and loved Rush as a band. For me, uh, I was in junior high school when Twenty One Twelve came out. What an album! What an album! It totally like reorients your brain. You know, <clears throat> you know. The whole thing that they did then, like, there's a lot of progressive bands now, right? And there was like progressive rock in the '70s, but Rush's thing with the supreme mastery and the the instrumentation and the really well thought out lyrics and and really interesting things that they were doing on their guitar and the drums and the bass. It was mind-boggling to a young player like me, right? I had to go to my guitar teacher and go, what the fuck is this? I have no idea what this is. You know, please show me. Um, by the time I got to high school and I was playing in cover bands, the band that I was in, we played the f- entire first side of 2112 mm. as part of our, our thing. We we were definitely rushed. Um, Rush heads, yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Beautiful. Have you ever like hang out with with the band? Have you ever like got the chance to meet them? Uh, nope, nope, never, never occurred. 
Um, you know, I don't necessarily like meeting my heroes. Um, it feels stupid sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, so the only... bus now, guys. <laughs> Carl's like, <"You're> <laughs> <those fans."> <laughs> those dumb fucks. <laughs> There's only a couple exceptions I can think of. Um, I met Ronnie Dio once, and it was a really weird circumstance. Um, my ex-girlfriend was dating his keyboard player at the time. So when they came through Charlotte, they invited us to go hang out on the tour bus. And this was, you know, uh, late 80s. So I've been a Dio fan, you know, since Rainbow. You know, and, you know, then when he joined Sabbath, well, yeah, I loved that too, right? So I'd already built this person into a deity in my mind, right? So we're on the tour bus hanging out and talking to uh, Jeff Pilson, who was playing bass. Uh, if you guys know who that is, a uh, bass player for Dawkin, and he played with Dio for a while. Foreigner. Anyway, yeah. so he's... We're hanging out. We're talking to the keyboard player. Jeff Pilson's there. And Ryan Dio comes on the bus and introduces himself very politely, like a gentleman. Says, hi, you know, ask me what's your name. So I tell him my name, right? And which, of course, means nothing to him. It, he has no reason to give a fuck who the hell I am. All right. But for the next hour... As he's like telling all, us all these tour stories and hanging out and having fun, he remembers my name every time he talks to me. Wow. And wow. he had no reason to give a fuck. This was Ronnie Dio. But the dude was a super gentleman. So towards the end, I said, Sir, uh, how is it that you managed to remember my name? Right? I mean, there's no way you can remember everybody's fucking name. I mean, he must meet 100, 200 people a day on tour, probably more. And he says, well, I say it to myself three times in my head. And then every time I talk to that person, I try to say their name again. So I remember their name and I associate their name with their face. And I thought about oh. that shit for like a long time, you know, after... What a fucking class guy this guy was. He cared about people that were his fans enough to find a way to treat them like people, remember the names, and, you know, wow. You know, he never was too busy to shake a hand, sign an autograph, say hi, be a decent guy. Years later, Niall was playing in uh, Tokyo, and then there were two more shows. I think Gaia, Naguma, something like that. It's two more cities in Japan. Uh, super huge festival, Super Saitama Arena, 35,000 capacity. It just so happened our dressing room was next to theirs by sheer luck of the draw, right? And he remembered, he said hi. He was still a nice guy. <laughs> um, wow. You know, he's a legend. He's revered as a god for good reason. 
Fantastic story, Carl. That's great Good story. Yeah. yeah, you don't. Yeah, get it's just a uh, lot of those. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, that's funny you say that because my I have a cousin who plays drums, and he got to play with uh, Ripper Owens on a project he had called Beyond Fear. And when they were touring, he got to have dinner with Ronnie Dio and his wife. I think his name's Wendy, and right. uh, John Oliva from Sabotage, and they all had dinner together. And he said the same thing about Ronnie. He said we had dinner, and he said Ronnie wanted to hear what he had to say. You know, he he didn't. Ronnie didn't want to talk. You know, he wanted to hear what my cousin had to say to him about music or whatever. You know, it was just he was that gracious of a person. Mm -hmm. And uh, you hear these stories all the time about Ronnie Ronnie Dio, man. Just what an amazing human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could all take a few lessons from Ronnie. Got that no right. Doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Awesome. Well, and the fact Great that story. as a fan, that that story is still with you because of that one interaction. You know, you have taken a lot of that uh, on on yourself and 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 kind of emulate that. You know, like when you're just talking with people on the road, or you know, like when you met Top Top and and myself in Cleveland. I mean, you have that humble kind of you know there's no rock star attitude and and uh just like dio stories like with you i mean this was kind of one of the reasons why we wanted to reach out to you you know as well so it's just kind of awesome you mm -hmm. know i never got to meet dio i, I would love to have but uh i'm glad he made that impression that that's it's kind of nice mm -hmm. to see people who you look at as you know fans can be fans you know <laughs> that's kind of an awesome uh yeah, you know, yeah. These are, they're fans of one another. That's kind of great. Mm -hmm. um, really left a whole legacy of just kindness <laughs> behind him. Yeah, know? yeah, really, really. You had mentioned, you know, I, I know the band was founded in Greenville. Are you are you still in that area? I don't want to put too much of a pen I on am. It. I'm in Taylor's, which is a, a suburb of Greenville. Okay. Um, Greenville's about 500,000 people, so it's big enough to have most of the shit that you need to live a modern life but it's not so big that you have like you know large inner city issues yeah well, my grandparents lived in greenfield for about 12 or 15 years um they went there in the mid 90s early mm. 90s maybe maybe early 90s and i went started going down there in about 92 93 i would spend spring break with them when it wasn't as big as it is i mean it really started right. booming you know, but I did want to ask you, you did, it's huge now. Um, yeah. But I did want to ask you one thing. Have you been to Miles Pizza Pub <laughs> in Greenville? Do you know what that is? No, Miles Pizza Pub. Miles Pizza Pub, yes, it is the best. That's the one right off Main Street. Uh, I, I may have been there, just don't remember. I don't, that, I don't know. They came yeah. in last year or so. I asked Miles, the chip, uh, the owner, his name is Chip. He used to uh, be in Bowling Green, Ohio, where Chop Top and I both went to college, and they they were they were stationed there. And then they closed down Miles, and then a couple of years later, he moved down to Greenville. I'm like, oh, you lucky sons of bitches! You're gonna get the best pizza on the planet. Now, I'm just gonna tell you what if what to order. <laughs> you <cook>. Okay. <laughs> you want the large garlic bread with cheese, and you want to be sitting down when you eat it because your knees are gonna fucking buckle. You okay. Know, you be thankful. And then you want to get a 15 inch with pepperoni, Colby Jack cheese, and bacon strips on top, extra crispy. That, that sounds that, ridiculously good. It's it dinner time, and I, of yeah. course, haven't eaten. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, that pizza is going to weigh about eight and a half pounds. All right. It's like the size of a fucking newborn. You know? Montag's <laughs> Desert Island Pizza. 
<laughs> That's right. I've had a few hundred of those. So, you know, if you ever do try it, contact okay. me afterwards and say, okay, okay, Mark, you, you were fucking right. This is the best thing. <laughs> so, anywho, okay. Chop so, Top, uh, do you want to do another band? Yeah, I'm going to go with Led Zeppelin. Uh, very diverse musical thing. You got folk, you got little country, you got traditional rock, you got uh, blues, Delta blues, you got uh, so much, you know, so much variety. And it's it's a band that I never get tired of listening to, along with Sabbath, Priest, Maiden. But uh, yeah, I could just listen to their entire catalog any given day. I mean, you got one of the preeminent, one of the best vocalists, again, Robert Plant. And of course, one of the best guitar players, maybe sometimes sloppy, Jimmy Page, but still a legend. And uh, the songwriting, John Bonham on drums, man. I mean, that that, that whole quartet, man. I just I just think it's 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 been unmatched since Bonzo passed away. It's been uh, I don't think anything's ever really come close. That was just magic. They were lightning in a bottle, and all those mm-hmm. albums are just brilliant. That entire discography. So yeah, Led Zeppelin to be on there. Blankmeister, thoughts? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, they're not on my list. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and get that out of the way. But again, it's all right. It's all right. No, it's all right. They're a little before my time. So, yeah, but still, a legendary band in every sense of the word. Everything you said about Sabbath, you could say about Led Zeppelin. I mean, what else can you say? It's They are legends, plain and simple. Yeah, uh, you combine that the rock with the, the blues, you know, and it heavy and... You know, you could see the influence of American blues on that early wave of metal coming in as well, borrowing from that. And that certainly um, shows power trio, another power trio, really. Like you're going to get with like Cream and, and those other bands that are just seminal. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Carl, you've, you've got certainly some things to say about Zeppelin. Dude, uh, you know, they wrote the fucking book. Uh, if you play any form of rock or metal music, they are on the fucking tree. So, yeah, how do we not take them to a desert island? It would be a fucking crime. They wrote some fucking music that is greater than the sum of their individual parts. They're all great musicians. But the music that they made together is fucking magic like uh, someone said it was like lightning in a bottle yeah yeah it's like magic you know something completely inspired you know even if they were taking influences from places okay who doesn't well, you know right. who doesn't right what they did they made some music that still touches people and moves people dude it and people are still stealing from them still yeah still still <laughs> uh yeah fuck yeah led zeppelin as a young guitar player learning to play led zeppelin two led zeppelin one uh zeppelin four zeppelin three how's the holy Come on. All of it. <laughs> all of it. All of it. All of it. Yep. Fucking legendary, incredible music. That's. Is anyone ever even come close to that level of music making mastery? 
are you are you kidding me? Just because we hear it to death on classic rock radio, right? Okay, how many times have we been beaten over the head with Stairway to Heaven? <laughs> right. But right. those are great fucking songs. Great mm -hmm. songs. Legendary songs. Songs that spawned entire subgenres of music that followed. That doesn't even come close. Well, then I'm going to, you know, toss it back to you. And, you know, I had other questions, but that that's cool. No, go ahead. Yeah, this um, one's so yeah, fast. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah, I know. Dude. It's like, I, I, yeah, I, I noticed in the in, uh, in Seven Horns of War, the intro, it, it's the Godzilla theme, right? Like, of course it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I was going to ask, like, are you a Kaiju fan? When I heard it, like, oh, I wrote my master's thesis on Godzilla, and I've been a kaiju fan since I was a kid. What's um, kaiju? What is, what is giant that? monster? The Japanese word for giant monster. So Godzilla oh. and all these like giant monsters, you know, that kind of thing. And I heard that, I'm like, oh, well, then I, I guess I am. Yeah, you know, like Mothra, Rodan. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Because I, I had, I heard that. I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome. You're bringing in this, this theme. Which I had never heard anyone else bring into the song. I'm like, oh, that's 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 really sweet. So I just like I, I notice it, and I just wanted to you know to ask you about that. Um, you know, I, I find Godzilla deeply philosophical. Um, when I was a young impressionable kid, the 1955 movie with Raymond Burr, right, the classic one, right. I saw that as a young kid, you know, in, in the, you know, would have been, I guess, the late 60s or whatever. And that shit, I would see that in, in my dreams. Like, I was scared of something. Godzilla was going to step on my house and would know that I was in there and was going to step on the fucking house and breathe fire and completely decimate everything. Right? So... Yeah. You know, I've, I've had a lifetime to think about, you know, what does Godzilla actually mean? Right? What does you he see mean? him out of every window that you're in? You can't escape from him? I've, I've had those dreams as well. Terrifying. I think it's that we, as human beings, cannot escape our own forthcoming doom that we're going to bring upon ourselves. We know it's coming. And we will have done it. It will all be of our own doing. And that is made manifest in Godzilla. Right? It's just a visualization of an entire deep-seated fear that we all fucking have. And we know it's true. We all have this fear because it is true. Mankind is going to destroy itself. We all know it's coming. When? I don't know. But... You know, who knows? I don't know. But all right. Chop top Carl, one last I, question. Oh sorry, guys. I was oh, gonna ask good. something else, Carl, quick, if I oh, could. Oh, Carl, good. I know you, you gotta get on your way and everything, but so what are future plans with Nile right now? What's what's actively going on in the Nile camp right now, if you can yeah. uh explain some of that for us. Well, let's see. Uh we have a US tour that's gonna announce next week, uh for February and March of twenty twenty two. Uh, then it looks like we're going to Europe with monstrosity in May. So that'll be pretty cool. We were hoping for that to hope 
hopefully happen in November, but it's too soon. Um, a lot of the European countries are not doing too well with vaccination yet. So, right. Are you coming to Cleveland? I saw Cleveland show on there uh, on the tour dates. Oh, so, nice. yeah, we're coming to Cleveland. I, I think you might be seeing our ugly mugs in person, though. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I have to show up to that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Great show. And, Carl, what so, else were you going to You were continuing on. What else, what else is going on you can share? Uh, we're also probably announcing any time now uh, we're moving over to Napalm Records. Um, yeah, it's very exciting for us. Uh, chance to. A lot of great bands on that label. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. We weren't necessarily unhappy with Nuclear Blast. I mean, you know, they treated us very well, but uh, it's the dawn of a new day, chance <laughs> for something new. So we're going to be on Napalm. Great news, Flunkmaster. Oh no, we'll we'll let we'll cut Carl loose. I know he has okay. his, his time is short here. So yeah, I uh, could drag well, this on forever. Yeah, I don't want, yeah, we could. It could be another couple <laughs> hours. Could, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I saw that your new signature V. Uh, the Gate of Setu. Uh, it's gorgeous, man. That is a gorgeous guitar. <laughs> yeah, I saw and, that. And we don't have the time yeah. to get into it, but uh, kudos for that. I know you're, you know, the Dean guitars uh, really treat you well, um, and that is that is a gorgeous guitar. You know, this. It band. is. I, I love that fucking guitar. Um, I went down and visited him and said, "Guys, I love this, you know, USA custom you guys made for me so much. You can't just make one of them for me. You have to make more." Put it out there so people can have them. Great, man. Well, great. Awesome. Well, Carl, we uh, so appreciate your time that you have spent with us. Uh, it has been a blast uh, to hang out with you and talk about bands and music. Please know that you're welcome anytime. If you're bored <laughs> for a fucking hour, give me a call and say, hey, can I come back on your show? I'm like, yeah. So you're welcome anytime. But it sounds like it'd be pretty Thanks, busy. Guys. You know, but uh, yeah, just just thanks, man. Um, yeah, really thanks for much, having Carl. me. Thank you. Thank so you for thank having you me. So you much. guys are totally cool. A lot of fun. The hour went by so fast. Yeah, it, it did. Sure did. It did. Sure did. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Right. So, you. Uh, well, how's the end go? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's right. You've been <laughs> listening to Montag, Master of Illusion, Chop Top, and Slunkbeister. And you've been listening. Yeah, that's how it goes. And listening to heavy, heavy. Carl, can you metal. do a death metal growl or can you do us a death metal growl to finish us out? Yeah, the horn. Thanks so much, Carl. Appreciate it. Oh my god, that's excellent. Oh fuck, thank you, thank, thank you. you for that. Thank you. That's gonna be our new soundbite. We're just going to put that up. I'll send you a bill. (laughs) Thanks, man. Hey, have a great tour. We'll be in touch. And let me know about Miles. I swear to God. The best of you in your life. I'll see you guys in Cleveland. Thank you. All right. We'll do it, man. Thanks so much, Carl. Thanks. All right. Oh, wow, dude. (laughs) Was that the best? Oh, that was so cool. <gasps> I'm still oh, laughing at that. Oh, <laughs> I did the whole thing. <laughs> I want to cry. <laughs> Carl, like Carl, he crawled on our show. Oh, dude, it's just like he does in his vocals too on albums. Yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah, I'm sweating. Oh, I, oh, I could've, we could have, we could have talked another hour easy.
you know. Oh, that went real quick, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got questions. So I didn't even ask him about that about the mummy movies and yeah, you know, like, yeah. You know, it's like, oh my god, it was just so cool. Uh, the fucking hang out with that us. was great. Yeah, yeah. Great job, Mark, getting him on. Yeah, oh, great thanks. job, Mark. That was thanks, so man. cool. You know, how do you how do you ever get a guy of his stature? Uh, you know, on a on a puny little, you know, podcast. So. Well, I hope Carl has a good, you know, I hope he had a good time enough. He seemed like he did. And hey, maybe we can get him, you know, get him back if he's not busy. Who knows? I mean, yeah, he, mm-hmm. at least he knows he can trust us now. We're not doing gotcha questions or, right, exactly. Trying to, that's you it. know, trying to get weird sound bites or anything like that. Yeah, no, no nothing. Yeah, I think that's. We just want to talk to the guy. That's all. Well, yeah, it was so cool people. about it, too, guys. We were all so nervous at the beginning. And just as we gradually went on, it that went away. You know, and then yeah. he was just, it just became still, one of us on a show yeah. like six. So, Another dude yeah, to hang cool. out and talk to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm still sweaty, you know, because I was real nervous. <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I came dressed for the occasion, you know, my Nile shirt. So. Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> so, are you still recording? Are we going to continue yeah. our Desert Island talk? Are you I just going to cut this we might part well. out? I mean, or? We might as well continue, right? I, mean, I only had one more to discuss because we got yeah, to just. I've got like two, I think. Yeah, I got, got two. two. Yeah, you gotta go. No, I've, got, I've got three that I haven't gotten to oh. yet. <laughs> okay. So hey, let's just we'll make it a long uh, trip. Go ahead, Flunk. We are gonna continue on with our top five desert island bands. And Slunkmaster, you've got one for us. Let's hear it. All right, where do we go next? I still have three here. I'm gonna go. Uh let's see. We covered Rush, so I'm gonna stay in the mm-hmm. prog uh uh genre. And we're going to cover my personal favorite band. Uh, this is this is the Desert Island band for me, Dream Theater. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this is Rush with a little heavier, you know, Rush meets Metallica, you know, Pantera maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a heavier version, a modern version of Rush. Uh, mm-hmm. All the same elements uh, that Rush brings. Musicianship is second to none. I mean, these guys mm-hmm. are virtuosos at every instrument uh just world-class yeah. musicians at every instrument um <clears throat> dream theater just they tick every musical box for me i love everything about them the 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 songwriting the subject matter the you know these epic long gigantic songs but so many cha- time changes nothing ever gets boring i never get bored with this band and I listen to them ad nauseum all the time. <laughs> Barely a week yeah. goes by that I don't pop Dream Theater in at some point. Right. Um, I I found them to be a band that you have to pay attention to. You know, mm-hmm. like they are so complex and and so dense that it's not like casual listening for me. Like I can put them on the car and stuff, but I'm still I'm still listening. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not a relaxed band. You know, I just throw on the background noise. Like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I I have to pay attention to Dream Theater. It's an intention because they're just so much to the music. You know, it's yeah. It's, and even paying know. attention, you still after years, I'll I'll pick up little details occasionally that I just never noticed before. You know, I still hear things. <laughs> you know, ten years later and a thousand times I've heard a song, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I didn't never notice that little that little tiny riff there or little background noise they put in or mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, just, I love these guys love everything about them. They just, they encompass everything I love about music. Now, uh, now slunk, they didn't make my, my list, but they are one of my top favorite bands of all time as well. And I think in a, a later or earlier episode uh, from before I brought up uh, their new live set, I just wanted to show you what that is. This is from uh, 
Distance Over London, I believe. I've got it. Yeah, I've it's, got it. That. That's gorgeous. Blu-ray. It's got two Blu-rays and three CD discs. I got it for thirty bucks, brand new at the exchange. Fantastic. Loaded. It does. It's celebrating their anniversary. I believe the twentieth anniversary of uh, Metropolis Part Two live. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, man, check it out, brother. Good stuff. Yeah, I think I will, yeah, I will be getting Part Two is. I think it's one. Of, I mean, up, up with a band that is pretty much everything they've released is stellar. It is like the stellar of release of their career. You know, it's sure. one of their dynamic, yes. most dynamic and exciting and connected. I mean, I love concept albums, as I know you you do too, Slunk. Yeah, and, absolutely. And uh, to, to weave this story, because I know they don't come in with lyrics. From my understanding, they just jam and write songs, and then they put lyrics afterwards, um, which seems weird to me, because as, as I've always written music, I've always heard it all together, you know? I'll I'll hear a melody and I'll hear rhythms and I'll I'll write songs and you know it kind of comes together. So just to, to weave this story, and then you have the songs like the Dance of Eternity, which is I mean I guess if I had to play like Beautiful. one song yeah. for people who've never heard Dream Theater, it might be that one, just to yeah. let them know uh, here's a taste of yeah, what they certainly can, what they can displays do. their their prowess as musicians. Yeah, that and, oh, and Home. Beautiful. Another great album, Home. Home. It's just that it's so heavy, you know and. Then these beautiful uh, songs like Through Her Eyes and, uh, you know, yeah. right. yeah. Spirit Carries On, yeah. just gorgeous songs. Yeah, they got ballads, uh, they can yeah. play ballads, and they could they could do everything. These sweeping, right. emotional pieces, and like the blistering heaviest of, of metal, you know, mm-hmm. all within the same band. And then also, you got that prog element, which they borrowed not only just from Rush. I mean, the Rush is a natural progression, but then before that yes. band, like yeah. Yeah. King, mm-hmm. King Crimson, mm-hmm. you know, that, that whole prog as we see oh, it, they, yeah, we got to do a show on Prague. I mean, we just have to, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dream Theater have always worn their their uh, influences on their sleeves. I mean, I watch mm-hmm. a lot of their um, uh, behind the scenes uh, when Portnoy was with him. He would always uh, film all their studio mm-hmm. uh, stuff when they're creating a new album, and they would bring in just stacks of CDs that they're kind of going to be influenced by for that album. You know, so here's some Pantera, <clears throat> whatever. You know, all these stacks of CDs as an influence. Nice. So, you know, they were never shy about about uh, their their influences. Yeah, they just kind of took it all in and made it their own. I know this coming Friday, Slunk. They're actually releasing. They're they're going to re release to the public now. You don't have to be a fan club member. All their Yitzy jams, all their bootleg albums. I've got all, uh, pr- pretty much all those, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. At least up to a certain point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna. Uh, they're starting out with the images and words live in Tokyo first, and yeah, then there's another release. Sure. I think a few months down the road, but yeah, they're. Mm-hmm. Re- I think that's pretty cool too. New album in the horizon. I think in November, maybe September, November. Brand new Are studio. Are they back in the studio? Oh my god! I'm oh, they finished behind it. Behind on the news. Yeah, they finished it. It's gonna be coming this fall, I believe. So nice. look out for that Excellent. one. So we will. There'll be more in Dream Theater uh, uh, soon in a in a in a mm. coming episode of Heavy Metal Horror. Yes, that's right. So we will be doing a deep dive. And we will definitely delve deeper. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we can do a two-hour show on them and still have twelve albums to talk. Yeah, about. Just be on <laughs> one song. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. uh, change of seasons. That's right. <laughs> right. Oh, on the next hour, we'll discuss the next minute of the next song. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, right. It's where there are eight time changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, so, yeah. I'm gonna bring in my my fourth uh, band. It, it's the dovetail off of Dream Theater, another band yeah. that brings in. It's dynamic and it's exciting. It brings elements of black metal and folk tunes and classic oh, yeah. sensibilities. Know where you're heading. Yes, uh, oh. this is this is 
this is one of my favorite bands, Opeth. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> God, I, I discovered Opeth accidentally a couple, you know, maybe 15 years ago. Um, I had a, some kind of, I don't know what it was, some kind of a jukebox thing on my computer. And then it, it made suggestions, whatever I was listening to. It said, oh, you might want to check these bands. I'm like, huh, okay. So I put on Opeth. And I think the first song I, I got was like Wreath or something like that. You know, I'm like, ooh. And that was back when they were all doing all the death metal vocals. But I knew there was something melodic about that. There was all, even as heavy as they are, there's still great melodies within those rhythms. And it's never boring. And now that as they've progressed, you know, into band or albums like Damnation and Forward, they began to mix the clean and the death metal vocals. And then now that's all clean. They don't do any kind of death metal, you know, death yeah. vocals at all. Yeah. Um, and, and they've become progressively experimental, I think, in the last four or five albums. Very jazzy mellow you know at times but i like like you slunkmeister with you listen to dream theater never get bored i feel the same way with opeth it's like i can listen to harlequin forest or i can listen to the the whole um pale communion uh which i think is just maybe their most beautiful album just gorgeous top to bottom yeah um yeah i agree uh this was on my list and then i kind of bumped it off and then put it back on and bump so this is like teetering it was kind of a a trilogy of uh of uh progress progressive metal from rush you know even their early years with uh working man and fly by night you know like these easier sort of listening radio songs and then moving into a heavier version in dream theater and then ultimately into opeth is sort of a the death metal the heaviest version of my prog triumvirate here and <laughs> yeah so they they at least at the very least an honorable mention on my list but uh yeah definitely deserving Opeth is, a, is mm-hmm. an awesome, awesome band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tremendous band. Shop Top, thoughts on Opeth? Opeth, I, you know, for me, um, I might get flack for this. I prefer the deathier stuff. I think mm-hmm. my favorite Opeth album has to be uh, uh, Ghost Reveries. Okay. I really like yeah. the, the ba- Bane of the Hounds, I believe it's called. Yeah, a lot of great songs on that album. Mrs. Montag and I went to see them on that tour at the House of Blues. Right, and you told me about that. It was so funny. Michael Eckerfeld is a great front man. He's hysterical. You know, he likes to talk with the, the between songs. He'll talk he with is the hilarious. You know, and he got the really deadpan delivery. And so, he, yeah. like the second song in, he's like, uh, does anyone have any questions? <laughs> he just like, <laughs> opened it up. You know, and everyone's like raising their hands like, okay, you. You know, he answered like three questions from the ground. He's like, okay, we're going to get back to playing our music now. I'm like, who does that? Yeah. You know, we, who like asks questions? We need him on the show. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's so would, fucking funny. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Maybe I need to get the, uh, the you know, give the last three albums another listen and pay more yeah. attention and give it just some more respect. Because I've i kind of fell away from them for a while, so maybe I just need to and, and truly yeah, sit down and just yeah. listen. Put on the headphones and jam out to and just yeah. hear all the differences and the intricate parts and the things that you're telling me about. Because they, they went a little uh, psychedelia and that, that jazz. There's that jazz infusion as well. On the uh, Sorceress album, they kind of did – it was a little bit like that. It took me a couple listenings to Sorceress has that weird, almost like cacophonous sound on that, especially that first song, real heavy, but it took a while to get into it. Um, And the last, like, in Cane Venom, the last album is like, Mm. it's complex, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's not the death metal-y stuff. But they have kind of transitioned into a quieter sound, but I think that's allowed them to to bring the more complexity to their music in a way. So I would start with Pale Communion and work your way forward. Uh, Okay. Pale Communion is just, it's a beautiful, I mean, the song River, it sounds like bluegrass. 
they have these oh. harmonies that are like very bluegrass and and it is a gorgeous song very pretty and uh that, that album is just it's one of those albums that you can listen to from beginning to end and it feels complete okay you know, it's not like it's not like we have to do 10 songs it like feels like a unit that is like exceptional so that's for me at blackwater park is the same way and um but but pale communion is just because it is on that mellower side but oh my god is it beautiful just a great album yeah thank you i'll give them another try for sure yeah, i think i think you'll be pleased it takes might take a couple listings too because they have changed quite a bit but i like that like you know like with rush it's like they're there i know that michael ackerfeld said they had pissed off some of their earlier fans with their change in style but he's like you know i don't give a fuck it's like they can always listen to those records but we're making music how we want we're we're, we're doing what makes us happy i like I'm bands like, that do that yeah they're true right, right because you know? well they were they were if you, they stayed with the death metal thing they, they would have been caught in that box and they're such brilliant musicians that you have to progress with that to, to, to let that musicality out and everything yeah. and so of course i can understand his point and when i you know hey I'm listening. You know, we yeah. we are musicians, and this is what we're going to we're expanding yeah. our sound, doing things differently. Yeah, they've There's always more been progressive, that. so I'm I'm surprised mm -hmm. that you know there was mm -hmm. so yeah. much pushback. So yeah, even know. their death metal stuff, a lot of progressive chord change and time mm -hmm. changes sure. and different things. Yep. So structure. All right. Okay, I'll give them a shot. Thank you. Yeah, chop chop. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so how many do you have left, chop, on your on your list? One more. One, and then Slunkmeister, you have two. I have two still. Yep. All right, Slunk, why don't you go? All right, I'm going to go with a band here that I'm I, I I'm willing to bet you guys do not have on your list. So uh, uh, for me, this band, uh, if I'm looking, if I'm on my desert island and I need an emotional journey, there's no other band that that touches emotion like Nightwish for me. Oh, uh, okay. absolutely, it's one of my favorite bands. I mean, right up there, maybe right behind Dream Theater. To be honest, I absolutely oh. love Nightwish. Their ability to to sweep you up emotionally in their music. Uh, Everything's written and composed by their keyboard player, Tuomas. Um, not going to uh, weird Finnish last name that I'm not going to try to pronounce, but uh, this guy's an absolute genius writer, composer. Um, you know, I think he's up there with modern, uh, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber's and Paul O'Neill of Trans Siberian Orchestra fame. <laughs> like, he's that good. You know, their music is like listening <laughs> to an amazing uh, movie soundtrack or a movie score. You know, it's just. Wow so good and they always have they're on their third uh singer but they're always so good um and floor jansen right now is their current lead singer she's done two albums with them and she is second to none in my opinion one of the best singers out there nightwish I, I i can't listen to these guys without getting feeling some sort of emotion goosebumps i mean i'm brought to tears half the time that i listen to these guys wow. they're just that emotionally evocative for me so wow uh, yeah <clears throat> Absolutely no, love Nightwish. I uh, I I have to say, I might have heard one song of theirs, but I've never listened to them. I know yeah, you I loved them for a long time. I, I'm the same as you, Montag. I, I I've heard of them. I just I think maybe one or two songs, and I'm I don't have the knowledge that Slunkmeister does have with them, and obviously yeah. appreciation either. And maybe it's something that gives me an idea, something to listen to though, and try it out. Yeah, and that's what I think the beauty of this show. It's kind of opened me up to some to some bands that I haven't you know really listen to a whole lot i mean nile mm -hmm. being one that's yeah uh, i don't generally go that heavy with my musical taste mm -hmm. but uh you know it's encouraged me to to delve in a little more you know carl's mm -hmm. such a cool guy i kind of want to listen to his stuff now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you yeah. know 
So it's yeah. expanded me. I guess, you know, as I've gotten older, I kind of just fall into the, to what I'm used to, you know, mm-hmm. certain, mm-hmm. a certain handful of bands that that's what I listen to all the time. But, uh, so this is kind of encouraging me to, to, to get out there a little more and listen to more stuff. So well, you, I, you bring I, I up like a great that. point, Slunk. Uh, I was listening, you know, on our top 80, top 90 countdown. And this past week I have listened to, uh, two of the grip incorporated CDs, the hell out of, you Gripping know, nemesis being one that we mentioned. Yeah. And yeah. um, and then I'm getting back into Halloween again, Rediscover. And as a matter of oh, fact, yeah. I just picked up their new album on Friday. And it's got all, Fantastic. it's got seven members. All original members are back together with the current lineup. Oh, wow. Dude. It is a phenomenal seven. album. Phenomenal album. It's just called Self-Titled Halloween. Yeah, I don't got, think I've really listened to those guys. Uh, any oh, new stuff since like Better Than mm-hmm. Raw way back in wow. the day. Yeah, huge. way back in the this day. Is, it's 65 minutes long, and I've never gotten bored with it. I've listened to it over and over at work at times. And I'm just like, wow, this out. is brilliant. Yeah, so check yeah, it out, guys. Great. Oh, we'll cool. Do. Yeah, Excellent. for Nightwish, if you guys just uh, if you want to check anything, uh, check out their their latest two albums, uh, either uh, Human Nature or uh, Endless Forms, Most Beautiful. Those are both with uh, with Floor Jansen on vocals, okay. and she is phenomenal. Uh, uh, she is a phenomenal. Vo- I've heard her with Evergrey. She did that uh, song in Orbit. And- okay. I like Evergrey. Yeah, she used to be in a band yes. called uh, um, uh, After Forever. Uh, I think that's where she yeah. kind of originated. Uh, another great band, uh, awesome band. Okay. Uh, so that's where I first heard her as vocalist and was so impressed. In fact, when Nightwish's original vocalist left, I was hoping they would go with Floor Jansen because she was the one female vocalist out there that I knew could do it. You know, could could cover all that old stuff. Um, they went a different direction for a couple of albums, but then. And ultimately, they did get floor in there, and I think that was a great move. Absolutely. So, okay, there we go. So that was Nightwish. Uh, All right, uh, Chop Top, uh, why don't you uh, bring us your last one to the table? My number one might surprise some people. Um, Testament. Oh. My favorite all-time thrash metal. The show's (laughs) to come. (laughs) My favorite thrash metal band of all time. Uh, just, and I think they have just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger in their discography as it keep time marches on. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, we'll get into more about that on a future episode of, you know, some things about Testament. But, uh, I think if you're going to have with one thrash metal band that is truly still underrated and deserve to be in the, in the top four, you know, like the yep. other ones that is Testament. So, um, they're just brilliant. Chuck Billy sounds richer and more powerful mm-hmm. than he ever has. Steve DiGiorgio on bass is absolutely amazing. It's, and Gene Hoagland on drums. Wow, what a beast. Yeah. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. He's he so a beast. fucking amazing. <clears throat> Hoagland is a great technical drummer. And when a, when a drummer comes in and changes a band like that, we saw with Iron Maiden. We saw with, I don't know, the guy's name who came in who plays for Judas Priest, the guy on Painkiller. You know, that oh, big Scott intro. Travis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. like, there have been quite a few drummers that have come through Testament, which we'll talk about at length when we do our next show. Right, but yeah, I agree with you there, Chop Top. Uh, Testament is just gets better and better. They're way underrated, um, and just it's just great heavy music, consistent, uh, and and they just get stronger and stronger. Yeah. I agree. Uh, we're in lockstep here. This was my this was a band on my list as well. This is who put oh, nice. off yeah. of my list. So yeah, again, cool. one, also one of my favorite, uh, definitely my uh, favorite thrash band uh, of mm-hmm. all time. Just love everything these guys do. I, I've liked them from. Probably, I think I started listening and practice what you preach and mm-hmm. loved uh, okay. you know, everything they've done since. Uh, 
just uh, again highly underrated too. I think these are these guys should be in the in the in the big three, in my opinion. Well, they're fantastic. I can't wait to talk about them the next show. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was your Absolutely. last one. So there's just it's just me left. My yeah, you're left. Yeah. My final yeah. one. Now this one, this one also might be a surprise to you, gents, because it's not a metal band at all. Cheap trick. Oh no, I used to like Cheap yeah. Trick. I know you listen to this. Listen, 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 back in the old uh, Dream Police yeah. days. No, <laughs> right. this band combines soul and R and B and rock, beautiful harmonies and deep root rock, straightforward and unfettered, yep. layered albums like Southern Harmony, A Musical Companion, Amorica. Oh. My number five. I was going between. Like this, Black Crows, that's the band. Uh, also, like Steely Dan, you know, and, and Creedence Clearwater Revival. Like, uh, oh, like, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. We considered CCR for a long time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. List. I mean, yeah. it's like yeah. quintessential driving music. We both grew up listening to it, you know, all of us. Yep. And, but I think, you know, Black Crows, it was more about, uh, you know, the, they're just the band that pulls me in emotionally, you know, songs like Remedy oh. and, and um, there's a couple great live performances of Remedy where they extend it, or in a wiser time, where they just do these extended solos, and it just it just makes you want to weep. I just love the combination of the R&B and the rock and the blues that they bring in mm-hmm. those sensibilities. And I think their first, uh, not their first album, the first album is a little commercial. Uh, I'm not crazy about it with She Talks to Angels and, and things, but Southern Harmony, Musical Companion, I think they really let themselves go and in America, even more so. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just kind of maintained this consistency in their music. Uh, I think the following album, three stinks and one charm isn't, isn't as rich sonically, but they just keep on making this great straightforward, you know, rock and roll. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I just love the black crows because I'm thinking I've got all this other music and I'm looking for a mood, you know, and sometimes I just kind of want to wind down on the Island and I think Black Crows is the music that's going to let me do that, you know? Point. Black Crows for me. Black Crows. Nice. Nice. Any uh, thoughts on the uh, Crows? <clears throat> no, I think you hit uh, no, everything yeah. you said right there. Pretty much what I would say. Yeah, not a band that I've really followed closely other than, you know, what, what gets played on the radio and stuff. So I don't really uh, have a lot to add to that one. All right. Well, we have run a really long show tonight. This has Ooh, been awesome. Yeah, yeah 90 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, not much to cut. There was a lot of meat here. There's no nothing to cut. It's all meat. <laughs> oh, I know what this audience likes. This audience likes prime meat. Prime yes, meat. I guess that was Funkmeister's <laughs> nickname in high school. Prime meat. Prime meat. <laughs> hey, that'll be your new name. We're, we're Slunkmeister is no longer slunk. You're like you're prime meat. Prime meat. and prime meat. I'll take that over Slugmeister. Slugmeister? Come on, will be prime metal. <laughs> Optimus prime metal. Prime metal. Oh, well, I, I think we have had a fucking phenomenal show. I'm still yeah. kind of like, I can't wait to uh, text Carl and let him know how much fun we had. I'll send it to his page when it's all done. But Jesus Christ, we got a chance to talk with Carl fucking Sanders. I'm still like, I kind of believe a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so I thought it went really well. That was fun. Yeah, we yeah, had a was. good time. And uh boy, you know, we are welcome. Anyone who wants to come on the show, you know, we want to talk to you. King Diamond, we love you. Come <laughs> on the show, man. You know, Yannick Gers, if you're listening, Yannick, mm-hmm. we want to hear you. Nothing against any of the other guys in the band. We love Maiden. You know, we just uh we don't talk to you all. 
That's all. We yeah, bring your them. buddies. We don't have a big yeah. Yeah, yeah just say hi. You yeah, know, anybody from Dream Theater, you know, yeah. come on in. Why not? Yeah. Laura Jansen, I'd love to talk yeah. to her. Yeah. John, yeah. John Petrucci, can you, if you're listening? Yeah, John, you know. Tatiana. 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 Tati. Tati. Yes. Tatiana. Tati. 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 I'm just going to oh. ask you to the Fall Harvest Dance right now. We uh, welcome her with open arms. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Easy there, fella. Easy. Ooh. Hold on. Where's my... Easy for me. One. Where's my socks? Where's my... Hands up. Hands up. The Slugmeister uh, is going to be a title, not a name anymore. That's right. That's right. Oh. Whoever slunks hardest on a show gets the title of the slunk. The yeah. slunk slayer. Yeah. <laughs> have to wear a crown of socks. <laughs> a crown oh, of crusty socks. Crusty socks. will just stick over on a second place. It's not moving. It's not fucking oh, moving. That's right. Well, uh, we've gone south of heaven. Oh, oh boy. Slunk, slunk of heaven. Jesus has <laughs> left the chat. <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> okay. Oh, again, I will say, uh, do we need to go out again? I mean, we did before. I think yeah, we I don't know. We we should have went out before we started all this. All. Yeah, just keep really it all. You want to subject everybody to all this? this hey, you've been listening this? to Montag, Master of Illusion. <laughs> Chopped up. And Slugmeister. Prime and I won't do the growl all this time. I won't do the growl. How about that? And you've okay. been listening to Heavy, heavy, heavy Metal, metal Horror. Horror.